Welcome to the Sleep by Shay podcast. I'm Shay Morrison, sleep expert and co-founder of The Goodnight Co. Join me each week for hints and tips on all things sleep and follow me on Instagram at Shay Morrison. Welcome to this four-part series of Between the Sheets, where I'm joined by co-founder Charlotte O'Sullivan from Hall of Harper, a beautiful sexual wellness boutique where everything has been chosen with consideration, a high-touch, high-service offering supported by a curation of the world's most luxe sexual brands. Charlotte and I recently finished our meditation teacher training together and really thought sleep and sex, two really important topics when it comes to our overall happiness in life, needed to be discussed. So over the next four episodes, we're going to explore the sleep space and sex, sleep desire and libido and sleep desire and libido play a really big circular moment when it comes to our lives and then the impact that motherhood has on sleep desire and libido and also peri and menopause and how this intertwines with our sleep and also desire and libido I would like to remind listeners that while we discuss a wide range of topics on the show, any advice I give is purely my opinion. If you want to delve deeper and require further support in your sleep health journey, please speak to your preferred healthcare professional so they can tailor their service to your particular health and medical needs. I do hope you enjoy this series. Let's get started. Charlotte's joining me today as we delve into what is a very large topic we will just be touching on the edges of this when it comes to perimenopause menopause sleep desire and libido it is a really big topic and it deserves far more time than what we are allocating here today but i think that really what we're trying to do is bring some awareness to the conversation particularly for people who may have not really thought about how all of this is impacting their life and you might be cruising through your 40s, 50s, 60s, and not really have paid a lot of attention to what impact this is having or knowing that it's having an impact, but not really knowing where to start. What are the hormonal changes that are happening during perimenopause and menopause, and then the impact on our sex drive? It's another milestone where we're changing from those reproductive years into into menopause and changing into... and then that older stage of life where you're you've lived you've lived through that adolescence you've lived through all the years of being reproductive and then coming on the flip side of that comes the host of symptoms that come with menopause potentially and not everybody is susceptible to them and to different degrees but it can be completely unstabilizing and really it affects every facet of your life not not just your home life your health is really such a navigator and determinant of how you view view all your other motivations and commitments and sexually it does have some really kind of somewhat negative effects you could be feeling like the most uncomfortable that you, than you have in your entire life thus far so and absolutely and i think it's also understanding perimenopause that can last for 10 12 years is absolutely this 
stage that we enter into. Some women may have to medically move into perimenopause if they need to have a hysterectomy or, you know, something's changing for them. Some women are experiencing perimenopausal symptoms in their, you know, 37, 38, early 40s. And so it's really looking at this stage and then the menopause stage, which is the 12 months after you finish your last bleed, they're a crossover and then they're also quite different. Yeah. And those come with drops in all kinds of hormones. And one of the predominant ones that really play into our sexual kind of desire, what what it's even like having sex is, and your libido is the drop in estrogen. The vaginal walls become much thinner and drier and it can make sex really uncomfortable, unpleasant. That can not only bring up a whole host of emotions, but it also becomes physically a really undesirable process. And complementing that, you might feel feelings of being a bit more touch avoidant because the rise in body temperature from hot flashes, night sweats, itching, that really plays into what it's like when you're connecting with your partner or trying to feel feelings of intimacy. Even potentially the relationship isn't what it used to be. So bringing conversations up can be just as much as of a challenge absolutely and i think that the other big topic there charlotte is mood Mm -hmm. with perimenopause certainly our mood is absolutely affected and this is also perimenopausal changes but also maybe because as part of those perimenopause changes you're not getting good sleep with not good sleep also comes mood changes and challenges in speaking with lots of friends and colleagues It's mood and the rage feeling that often will come through. And if you're experiencing not so good mood and rage, then it's not really setting you up for an amazing intimate um, relationship. So understanding how to channel that is probably a starting point. Hmm. If anything, between your 40s and your 50s, that might be the most peak point of of stress in your life whether it's financial pressures work children the combination of that is really taking its toll on your adrenal glands internally so therefore it's letting off this entire other display of emotional effects and of course one thing that we love and (laughs) swear by is our meditation practice and how stabilizing and balancing it can be for and and sustaining essentially it's not a it's not a band-aid it's not like you do it once and you'll feel amazing forever it's a daily practice or or even just a hint of a daily practice it doesn't necessarily need to be for a 20 30 minute span it could just be that one minute under a hot shower warm shower and taking that time to have awareness there's a meditation i like to do where it is just in the shower and having complete awareness of the hot water running over your body for just a minute feeling where it touches where it hits and the sensation that arrives acknowledging your breath your heartbeat the temperature of the water on your skin all of that recalibrates the nervous system beautiful oh i love the sound of that one if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes we just did our meditation teacher training course together and are now meditation teachers this is where we share that passion and Meditation can be quite jarring for some people and it's certainly not on everybody's agenda. (laughs) Not everyone feels the same way we do about it. And if that's how you feel around meditation, then that is so fine. And I think that it's really just 
pulling out something in your toolkit that can get you to a state of calm or a state of relaxation. If we're looking for optimal health, regardless of what stage we are, but particularly in this perimenopause and menopause stage, then we are really looking for calmness and that is to calm our nervous system and to be able to achieve that quite quickly so that when we do enter into feelings that just come over us so quickly and I experience this and do experience this in this perimenopause stage and it's like nothing that you've ever had before where you are in a normal conversation, something triggers you and then you feel quite a lot of rage around the conversation or what you're seeing or what might be playing out. So having a toolkit in your belt, you know, and having something that you can pull out and use, whether that be a meditation, a mindfulness practice, some deep breathing, finding a way to get into a relaxed state is going to be really critical, whether that's throughout the day or at nighttime. Because ultimately, if we're looking at preparing for good sleep, We want to be waking up in the morning, getting a hit of sunlight, moving our bodies, nourishing ourselves with some vitamin D, setting our circadian rhythm. We want to move through our day in quite a calm way so that we are not increasing and overlaying um, hits of cortisol, rising at the wrong times. We want to make sure our nervous system feels calm and nourished so that when we move into wanting to go to sleep, then this is a much easier transition. So we want as much relaxation as we can. And educating your partner on this as well, because sometimes it could be a one-way street or you feel like you're you're doing all the things and trying your best to move forward and make those subtle changes, yet your partner might be completely tapped out or just not aware of these simple changes that can happen. So keeping them in the loop is another essential part. Back to the piece of libido, how like another little daily exercise that lots of people come in and they're like, I don't even, (laughs) my libido has disappeared. I don't even know where to find it or where, (laughs) like, I don't think it exists. (laughs) (laughs) As much as we have all, all the goods, all the products, I'm always about your your body is the is your greatest uh, like toolkit. You can can do so much yeah. with it. Whether it's it is a stretch, like you can you realize how little we do need to really nourish ourselves. And pelvic floor exercises and breath work can be really amazing to reconnect with your sexual organs. So essentially, that practice is just taking a deep breath and from the top and taking it all the way down to your pelvic floor holding your pelvic floor for a second and then releasing and bringing the breath back up and connecting back into your to, to your sexual organs itself and doing that for at least five minutes, set a little timer. It gives your, your body also a moment to listen to what you might be actually desiring and that could be a whole host of different things but it's a combination of time and then I think a little bit of body awareness that can be so helpful just to boost that libido. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. What you mentioned as well before is that I think having this conversation with your partner around what you need and what they need, working out a bit of a plan so that you can get through this phase, still being really connected and feeling there's something unique and amazing also about this stage where I think, you know, and I can't speak for menopause, only perimenopause, you can go a little bit deeper um, if you can get your partner on the same page and really understand your children are a little bit older you've got a little bit of time back sort of you know there's lots of running around but in some ways there's more time 
understanding what you both want out of this next phase, communicating about it, and even just having touch and deep conversation can also really help intimacy and then therefore potentially drive that libido that might might have gotten lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, completely. And then once it is found, it can open up so many more pathways of, of motivations in your libido for your entire life, like we've spoken about previously. And one other note I wanted to mention is the huge role that lubricant can play in the pleasantry of having sex because previously you might have felt like it was all fine vaginal dryness was just a myth (laughs) but suddenly it is a very common symptom that happened among all ages but especially through that stage of perimenopause and menopause because uh, it's a hormone change Finding a correct lube that's pH balance, um, fragrance that isn't as sen- sensitive. There are lots of lubes out there with a not so transparent ingredient oh, list. Yeah. <laughs> so finding a premium lube that's got all all the things potentially water based is can play a major role and can really change the the logistics of having sex and how pleasant it might be for for both partners. And I think, Charlotte, you've also mentioned that there's some other, you like you guys sell a huge range of products, but there's some libido gummies. Yeah. There's some really interesting things that are on the market for people that are, you know, have tried lots of things and are looking for something else. Yeah. So many people asking for a pill and a quick fix and <laughs> so I'm not a pharmacist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist <laughs> even. But there are some really great brands out there who are nailing the the sexual wellness supplement space and they're all very simple old ancient herbs so we've we stock this product Mm. called the desire gummies and they have a great little combination of herbs in it super simple but it is a daily it's a daily like gummy that you would take and to help raise long-lasting feelings of desire desire and libido instead of just that one spike so it will happen over the course of a month and then we have this product called the arousal serum which we all love because it's this combination of peppermint cinnamon bark and menthol it's a little cream that's designed to rub around the clitoris or the tip of the penis and it brings rushes all the blood to the tip of the surface creates like a little throbbing warm tingly sensation as well as being naturally aphrodisiac it does create this like it just spices things up a little bit so whether Mm. it is like a a new relationship or you together for years and years it just makes the entire experience just a little bit like spices things up a little fantastic you know, we talked about this in the earlier episodes around sex being such a taboo topic and that we can't really talk about it. And, you know, as we've moved through sexual revolution and there's been many sort of stages of why we have sex and, and sex, you know, if we look back in some ways was very there for the male, you know, in reality. And the female was there to produce children whilst there were a lot of the products that you might find in sex shops and things like that, the traditional dingy kind of sex shop that there are these amazing products out on the market now it might just be the little piece that's missing to help you bring back that feeling of desire at least rather than just suffering in silence and thinking that oh well what happened in the last 20 years is the next 20 years I think Mm. that that you know we've changed and moved so much so it's delving a little bit further and hopefully 
the conversations that we've been having, you know, over this four-part series helps to shed a little bit more light on that. Not only is this sexual intimacy really helping with sleep and sleep helping with sexual intimacy, but there's an overall benefit and a little pep in your step once it's all connected. Completely. And we do these beautiful bookings at the boutique. So it's free. You get a complimentary glass of champagne. The space is to yourself for 30, 45 minutes. It gives you guys a moment of privacy from other customers walking in. And then you have an educational host with you who will take you through everything and they'll just start talking. So they'll just start chatting and and meet you where you're at. So it doesn't, so potentially there's been a lot of topics that haven't come up, but you've been secretly thinking in your head of like, oh, I would like to try this or, or I've always want, I've always been curious. I'm a super curious person and I'm also sense oriented so I like to touch things feel things and see it in real life and so it's nice for couples to come in they have a little glass of sparkling water or champagne or a little maybe an ink gin it's beautiful because they come in and they might be super super hesitant and then suddenly you see Mm. the pieces the the body language start to connect again just by maybe a third party talking about things in a very helping to break down the the barriers that might be completely and the third party almost gives it an opportunity because it's completely objective it's not very it's not as um intimate and it can kind of break down yet the walls and barriers that one one person may have had and that space is almost that the intention of going is almost in its own way a little form of therapy both making the intention of like we want to nourish our relationship more and and our sexual compatibility more because it has been challenged or it has been restricted previously and now we can move forward in a bit more of a helpful insightful way yeah and I think everybody could attest to I'm sure some period in their relationship where the feeling of desire or their libido or their intimacy has been not in a great way and so it's understanding what do we do um, as a couple to, to make those changes in a previous episode in this series I talked about how I'd been to visit my gynecologist recently and she was saying that there is not one female over 40 that walks through her door that doesn't say that she has low libido and you know understanding how the female cycles and when we are at our peak and our in our libido is also really important and this is why you know we spoke in episode three about as unsexy as it might sound scheduling and planning time um, might be a place to get started to rekindle the move forward on on you know and even that might just be once a week it might be a Sunday night or you might you know it might once a month you might be able to schedule in time away from your children you know an overnight stay or just somewhere that, that provides you some intimate safe space then it's booking that time in and getting excited about it as well. And novelty as well, psychologically, does amazing things for your sense, like kind of your sense of excitement and play and that childlike play and excitement that you get from receiving something new really does play a big part of it all because of course you've been together for a long time and things can get maybe a little bit boring or just not just not as fun and having a little sense of novelty whether it is booking an airbnb or it is buying a toy together or buying a new lube or going to a new place and experiencing new new scenery together that is sending all those new signals in your brain of of it's refiring but also 
beginner's mind also is then enhanced and invited in and excitement's brought back to it. Absolutely. And interestingly, um, you know, to that point, when women move into the menopause stage, we drop a lot of our preconceived feelings around the provider role that we are encouraged and, and have been doing for so long and step back into our nine-year-old self. So that kind of nine, ten-year-old time in our life where we are more playful and life is not so serious. And so so this absolutely is a stage that changes as well. So if you're entering into the menopause part of your life, then you might already also be feeling these feelings. Yeah, it's amazing. And you are to acknowledge you're so wise you've lived through you've through lived through 50 years 50 plus years of your life that's something to be commended and celebrated for not not something to be to be fearful about for aging a society has written very strict guidelines of how we're made to feel or meant to feel advertising plays a major role into that just now yeah. we're seeing this turn in, in social media and, and advertising in general of seeing older women being photographed as models instead of just seeing that same 20-year-old woman. So portrayed for selling potentially a product that's designed for a 50-year-old woman. Yeah. There's been so many lines <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Crazy. And, yeah, so it's good that we're seeing the change in that and the conversations opening up because it is, it's an amazing stage of life. You should be making the most of it, not be constrained by it or falling pray to what society might deem as the favorable time or the peak stage of your life Mm, absolutely there's some novelty some toys a lube the gummies is there anything else that you suggest that people can explore um during this stage the only thing that i think that kind of might get overlooked is the is pelvic floor exercises because as mm. after children your muscle so your so, so your pelvic floor is a muscle and just like all your other muscles it needs to be strengthened and exercised to get the best out of it so so strengthening your pelvic floor not only helps you increase bladder control but it also enhances orgasms so which is great because after mm. having children it might be completely loosened and also just ignored and so using tools like kegel balls or yoni eggs have been and as much as that might turn some people off it is just a potentially a simple exercise where you're lying on the floor and just raising your hips and then of course the pelvic breath that i was mentioning before can be really helpful in yoga there's quite a lot of poses where they hold the mudras and certain mudras can help help tighten that pelvic floor as well so connecting down to your service cervix and sexual organs actually does raise a lot of <laughs> raise a lot of benefits but also heighten the orgasm I'm doing the pelvic floor exercises. Amazing. I love it. Good reminder. <laughs> it's true. And this is it. This is It's a constant work in progress, isn't it? And I think that uh, summarises really this entire series around the fact that there is so much to be explored and there is a lot to be excited about. One of the things that when it comes to sleep and when it comes to sex is that all of these areas are free and accessible and can play such an important role in our overall happiness in life. That's the key. Certainly what I'm trying to achieve in my life is optimal, long-term health and wellness and living a happy life. 
if there's anything, hopefully that's what people can take, just some little things out of this that they can implement into their life to find happiness as well. The beauty in this conversation and having the outlook, gratitude creates more gratitude. And once you start looking through the lens, all parts of your life start to become very interconnected. Your relationships all become a bit more enhanced. Kind of the potency your life you're not will you're not ready to hold on to the past like there was something to grasp onto and that's something that you wish you had before or you're not chasing ahead to the future you're very present to every day and that was a, a huge goal for me and consistently will be having these other very physical aspects of our life playing roles it does lead to more presence and more awareness what a beautiful way to finish charlotte thank you so much for joining me on these or episodes in our In Between the Sheets series. It's been absolutely fantastic. I wish you all the best of luck for the rest of this year. I know that there's lots of big things planned for Hall of Harper and I think that you guys are doing such an amazing job. So well Thank done. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And, yeah, I can't wait next time you're on the coast from Brisbane, come down to the shop. Yes. I'm going to come yes. and make an appointment. I, I, I'm going to specifically come Fantastic. down and make an appointment. <laughs> yes, that would be so fun. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's yeah. great. It's been so lovely speaking about a big conversation and it deserves a more holistic view instead of very single-pointed like it previously has been talked about. Absolutely. Thank you, Charlotte. Thanks so much, Shay. Thank you for listening to the Sleep by Shay podcast. If you're interested in learning more about our guests or any of the topics we've spoken about today, head on over to the show notes for all the details and sleep advice you need. If you like what you're hearing or are sleeping better, we'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and listen along with the Sleep by Shay podcast to wake up looking and feeling your very best every day.